You wondering where the sound's coming from? Raise your hand if you freaked out a little bit. I'm over here. Left side. Drum side. Right over here. I hope you're doing well this morning, church. I want to talk about encouragement. Raise your hand if you love to be encouraged. Don't we all love to be encouraged? I think encouragement is life breathing. I think a lot of us, though, are, are, are born not naturally encouragers. I think some of us are, but some of us aren't. And if we aren't, I honestly don't think that we work on being encouragers enough. We kind of take for granted those in our life that do encourage us. But this morning, I'm sitting by a young man. He's a grown man now. But I first met him in my first ministry experience as a student pastor. His name's Hunter Gotro. Everybody say, hey, Hunter. Hunter. He told me he wouldn't get embarrassed. But (laughs) Hunter loves the Lord. And he's been following the Lord for quite some time now. He's gone to college and he's got a job and the Lord's doing a great work in his life. I got to jump on a plane and go to a different country and serve the Lord with him just a few weeks ago. So, Hunter, this morning, I want to say I'm proud of you. Keep going, man. God's using you. You see, yeah. Encouragement is life-giving. I don't think Hunter didn't need it. Do we always need encouragement when somebody brings encouragement? Not always. But isn't it good when we need encouragement and somebody brings encouragement? Oh, man. The Word of God talks about encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, So encourage each other and lift each other up. Hebrews says to exhort or to encourage each other daily. What the Word of God says, daily. So for a child of God, those that have been changed by the gospel in Jesus, the Word of God says encouragement needs to be a part of of our daily life? Big question. Not the only question for today, but a big question. Are you an encourager? Are you encouraging people in your life? I don't know about you, but more times than not, I need encouragement. What we need to understand about encouragement, encouragement is is not necessarily, not always a compliment. Like to, to encourage somebody, you're not complimenting them. You can, but I- I- encouragement is, is designed to spur, to move, to, to edge people along in life. When we need encouragement the most, would you agree, church, is when we're at our lowest. Raise your hand if you've ever been really low. You've been really low? And if you were lucky, if you were blessed, if you were privileged enough to have somebody come alongside you, maybe they even put their arm around you and they lifted you up. They said, oh, I know it's tough. Let me cry with you for a little bit. I know this is a tough season, but God is good. God is good. Tomorrow just may be 
a little better. And when somebody comes along and encourages us, it, it helps us to keep moving. To keep moving. That's why encouragement is so important. And the Word of God is clear for, for children of God that the church, we need to encourage one another. Luke, why, why are we talking about encouragement? We're in Timothy, we're, we're talking about these letters. Don't misunderstand this, church. Paul has been doing nothing but encouraging Timothy in these letters. He's been encouraging his son in the faith. I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And what happens here today is that, man, he's really, he's really pouring it on. Like he's really pouring on the encouragement for his son Timothy. So what I want to do this morning is look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read the verses we read just a minute ago. And we're going to see specifically how Paul encourages Timothy. So let's read 14 through 17 again. He says, But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. And you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Paul, right here, is saying to his son, keep going. Keep going. Remain faithful, son. Keep going. I know that life is tough, Timothy. You're in the grind of ministry. Things aren't going all that great for you, son. But remain faithful. Keep going. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy. But you see, church, when things get tough, when life starts, I want to say this, when life starts lifing, you ever been there? Like when life starts just really lifing, it's coming at you. The first thing in our flesh that we are tempted to do as weak, frail people is to, is to bail. We bail. We, we, we bail on others, we bail on responsibility, we bail on God. When, when life starts lifing, it's not in our nature to remain faithful. When life starts lifing, we start to crumble, don't we? We fail. We, we really begin to see how, how weak we actually are. And what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's like, Son, listen, it's, it's a grind. And remember, this is, this is a spiritual father saying to his son, he's saying, you need to remain faithful. That's encouraging. Remember, it's not a compliment always. Encouragement's designed to, to spur us along. He's saying, listen, you need to remain faithful. Paul knows that the only way that Timothy is going to make it is if he remains faithful. That's the only way that he's going to make it. 
And the wisdom that we see here that he gives Timothy and ultimately God gives us, it's very powerful. So this is going to be on the screen. I want you to write this down. It says, in every season, remain faithful. In every season, we need to remain faithful. We don't know what the exact circumstances are here in Scripture. We, we, we get some hints at what's happening with the church at Ephesus and what Timothy's going through, but we don't know precisely what's happening. But it's safe to say that in this moment, Timothy is probably not at, at the peak. He's probably in the valley, in, in the grinds of life. And, and what, what his spiritual father is saying, he's saying, listen, for, for this season, son, remain faithful. So, we've already answered this question, but I want us to get there in our minds. If you're at a low season, you very well may be. What God is saying to you, he's saying, child, I need you to remain faithful. I need you to remain faithful. Right? That's, that's some encouragement. Like, keep, keep going. Remain faithful. What about our high points? Do we need encouragement when we're at our high points? You see, I think we need encouragement there too because when we're at our high points, we begin uh, to, to drip into a little bit of comfort, don't we? And when we're at our high points and when we're, we're comfortable, we start to realize, hey, uh, I can do this myself. We start to think that way, don't we? And ultimately, Satan can use either your lowest of low or your highest of high to get you to drift away from faithfulness. You see, when we're at the peak, we think, I don't, I don't need God. I, I've got this. Life's going good. We, we always need encouragement regardless of the scenario. It just seems like most times, other than, than not, we need it when we are, are low. We need to be spurred on in our faith regardless of the season. That's why I wrote, in every season, we need to remain faithful. And listen to me, church. Satan can use anything. Are you hearing me? Satan can use anything in any season to derail you. So as children of God, we need to remain faithful. So let's break this text down a little bit. Some people break this down like five or six different points this morning. Not going to do that to you. Uh, we're going to do three. We're going to break this text down into three main chunks. Uh, the way that Paul is encouraging Timothy. And ultimately, God is encouraging us to keep moving forward. The first thing that I want you to gain from the text in verse 14 is that we need to remember the faithfulness of those that taught you. Remember the faithfulness of those that taught you. We get this from verse 14. You must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. We have to imagine that Paul is speaking again of Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. Remember, that was just a few passages ago. This is what Paul is talking about. Remember, remember those that taught you the word of God. Timothy, listen, you're low right now, but remember the faith of your grandmother. Remember the faith of your Mother, Timothy, things may be falling apart for you right now. Now listen, son, your grandmother's not perfect. Listen, son, your mom's not perfect, but they've remained faithful. 
Think back to those that, that taught you, for, for you know you can trust them. When life is not all that great, when, when the season of life starts lifing and, and we feel a little beat up, son, remember those that have been faithful for a long time. Aren't you thankful for those in your life that have been there, done that? Do you have any of those in your life that have been there, done that? And when life is low, man, you can either pick up the phone and call them and say, listen, a long time ago, I know you've been there, done that. Need some help. Maybe you go for a visit and say, listen, how did, you, how did you make it? How did you make it? How are you here? How are you standing? And listen, when we go to those people who, who've remained faithful for years, and they speak a little life into you. Isn't that encouraging? Doesn't that lift you up? This is what Paul is doing for, for Timothy right now. How practical are these words? He, he's not throwing lofty theological thoughts at Timothy. Timothy's low and he's saying, listen, you remember your grandma? Yeah, how faithful she was. You remember your mom? How as a little child she taught you the word of God? Listen, Timothy, do you remember how they've gone through that? Man, you, you lost your dad. You, you've, you've been through all of this stuff, and they, they never wavered from the truth? Ah, Timothy, be encouraged by their faith, son. If they can do it, so can you. Oh, isn't it awesome when we've got people in our life that have been there, done that? And they can help us. I, I, I did something on Facebook this past week just to ho hopefully get some help from you all. And if you responded to that, thank you so much. I, I ask, share with me some names of people in your life thinking back that they have been so faithful to teach you the Word of God. Kind of speaking in context of this church, I saw these names pop up there several times. Tom and Erlene Honeycutt. Oh, Tom would give anything to be here today, but his health is keeping him from it. And Erlene, her faith is now sight. Oh, I'm so thankful for people like that. Mike and Patsy Colt were mentioned. They're here this morning, as faithful as ever. As faithful as ever. Doc and, and Gene Simmons were mentioned. Their faithful teaching and their faithful prayers throughout the years. How thankful we are to have them. Their faith is an encouragement. And Jay Hansen, Jay Hansen was my high school, 10th and 11th grade boys Sunday school teacher. That was 20 years ago. Jay is still teaching the Word of God here at Holland Chapel to this day. His class is a little different, but he's been so faithful to teach the Word of God. My mind goes all the way back to, to when I was in the third grade, and, and, and a sweet, precious saint by the name of Maxine Coffey was teaching third grade boys at Sharon Missionary Baptist Church. What a strong, wonderful lady to step into that madness every week. Third grade boys, I remember this. I don't have time for this. I'm going to share this story real quick. I'll, I'll never will forget. We were just being rowdy, rowdy little boys, talking, interrupting. God, love her soul. Like, like yeah, how do you do that? But just a rowdy group of boys. And, and we were talking, and she said, well, boys, listen, you got to be a tough lady to handle third grade boys. She said, boys, you need to be quiet. 
Listen, if you're going to talk in here, talk when someone's praying, not when we're reading the Word of God. When we're praying, that's us talking to God. When we read the Word of God, that's Him talking to us. Stuff sticks with you. How wonderful are these people that have been so faithful to teach the Word of God. I think about my parents. So many people mention parents on here. When when they're little in your home, moms and dads, do you open the Word of God? Do you pray over them? Do do you read Scripture to them? Do, Do you teach them the Bible? This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. Hey man, remember when you were a little boy and they were faithful to teach you. Oh, if they've hung on this long, son, you certainly can as well. Remain faithful. How encouraging that must have been for Timothy to read this. How encouraging it it is for us this morning to think about those people in our lives that have remained faithful in all of life's seasons. If you were to put them in a room and say, share with me your life, it would be a roller coaster. But they've remained faithful. It's going to be a quote on the screen by John Piper. He says this, Reliable testimonies are a valid source of true knowledge. And the quality of the witnesses increases the credibility of the testimony. Did did y'all catch that? The quality of the witnesses. Paul says, listen, you you can trust those that taught you. Because they've remained faithful. I can trust those that taught me because they've remained faithful. So in life's season, like when life starts lifing, the first thing that he tells Timothy to do, which I find fascinating, he says, hey, remember those that have walked this walk before you. Remember their faithfulness. And here's a challenge for us this morning. You might be out there thinking, well, Luke, you were blessed. You were privileged. All these people were privileged. Like, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, My parents didn't teach me the Word of God. Like, I didn't have that example. Find you one now. Find you one. Look around this room. There, There are wonderful people in here that would love to spend time with you, teaching you the Word of God. And listen, Mom and Dads, I know I talked about it briefly. But one day, if some pastor makes a prompt on whatever social media platform is happening then, will your children say, my parents taught me the Word of God? Don't fall down on the responsibility that you have right now, Mom and Dad, to teach your kids. To teach your kids the Word of God. It will help them now and when they're 30, when they're 40, when they're 80. What you've done in your home right now. Teach your children the Word of God. How wonderful uh, a source of encouragement this must have been for Timothy and ultimately for us. So in life's lifing, think of those that have been so faithful to teach you the Word of truth and draw from their faith. We can be encouraged by the faith of others. It's biblical. The second thing that I want you to to write down here that we notice in verse 15 and 16 is that we need to remember the power and the inspiration of the Scriptures. We get that from verse 15 and 16. Bear with me. We're going to read it real quick. Again, you've been taught the 
holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. He's saying, listen, Timothy, draw from the faith of those that have gone before you and remember that the word of God has power, son. Remember that the word of God has power. And remember, son, that the word of God is the word of God. It's the very words of God. In moments when we need encouragement, we need to be reminded of ultimate truth, don't we? You see, when life gets low, when life starts lifing, everything becomes disoriented, doesn't it? It, it, It's hard to know which way is up and which way is down. It's hard to find the true north. Because the situation, the circumstance that we're in is all we can think about. It's what consumes our mind, it consumes our thoughts, it consumes our heart. And and we start to drift from truth. In those moments, we start to lean on our own understanding. We know the dangers of that because the Word of God says, don't lean on it at all. Satan starts to trick us. And we get very, very confused. So in those moments of of low, we need to be reminded of ultimate truth. And and that's what Paul is reminding Timothy. That's what God is reminding us this morning in church. Remember the truth, son. Remember the truth, children of God, that God's word is power. What does he mean when he says power? He goes on to give the explanation. He, He says, listen, Timothy, in the moments when you're most confused, in those moments when we're the lowest, look, look back to, to, to the Word of God, the power of, of God's Word. It's the very power of the Word of God that brought you to salvation in Christ Jesus. Church, listen to me. That's power. So when, when life is low, re- remember that the Word of God has power. A lot of it. And then this may sound really, really simple. But sometimes when we're confused and we're low, we need things spelled out for us, don't we? Paul says to Timothy, this is the very breath of God. He says, all Scripture. What does all mean, church? All, cover to cover. He says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Literally, God spoke, and it happened. I don't know how that happened. It's a miracle, but I believe it. That this is, in fact, the very words of God. 2 Peter chapter 1, 19 through 21. Grandpa Peter here helping us out. He says, because of that experience, what Peter's talking about, he's saying, I laid eyes on the resurrected Christ. I saw him with my own eyes. That's what he's talking about. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. 
Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So right here we have a very witness of the resurrection of Jesus saying because I saw that with my own eyes, it gives further confidence to the truth of God's word. Everything they talked about, everything that they prophesied, everything they wrote down is true. It's from God. So listen to me, church. I know we're living in a time uh, that they want to destroy this. They want to say it's just a book of stories. It's good for a moral compass. It's, you know, we like that Jesus guy, that Old Testament stuff. That's crazy. You know, uh, Jesus seemed like a nice guy. We're living in a time that destroys the Word of God. But listen, the Word of God can't be destroyed. The Word of God is the Word of God. And Paul is reminding Timothy, he's like, listen, be reminded that it has power. And it's the very breath of God. Oh, how awesome is that? You ever think about that, church, that the God of the cosmos, when we say that, that's the God of the universe, the God that created everything, desires to have a relationship with you so much that he does not remain silent in heaven, just on his throne. He, he wrote his word so that us humans could read what he says. Oh, that's incredible, ain't it? So in that low moment, when Timothy is in the grind, Paul is saying, remember that the Word of God, son, it's got a lot of power. Enough power to save you. Then, it is the Word of God. You can trust it. And then he goes on to give him some more encouragement. The third thing, we get this from verse 17. He says, remember that God is equipping you. Remember, son, he's, he's equipping you. Verse 17, God uses it, the word, the word, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we need to take heart in whatever season we're in. We may be on the mountaintop, we may be in the lowest of low, but I want you to hang on to this truth right here, that God is using his word in your circumstance, listen to me, to make you holy. That God is using His Word, His very Word. We just understood that it was powerful and that it was inspired by Him and Him alone. He's using His Word in your circumstance, whatever the circumstance may be, to make you holy. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe it? It can only serve its purpose to make you holy if we open it and use it. So he, he's saying this to Timothy. He's like, listen. And he's encouraging him. Remember, it's not always a compliment. Like encouragement spurs us for. He's saying, Timothy, remember that the Word of God can be used in a lot of ways. It shows us when we're wrong. Who likes that? Does anybody like that? 
Does anybody go to the Word for encouragement? You're like, man, I've had a rough week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Gospels, or I'm going to read Romans. I'm gonna, and the first thing that you, you read is how that you're a sinner and you're in desperate need of salvation, right? Does that ever happen? You're like, oh, man, like I came here for some encouragement, Lord. Being shown when we're wrong, church, is encouragement. And so what he's saying, I don't know if Timothy's in error. I don't know. But what Paul's doing is he's reminded him. Like in any of life's season, like the Word of God can show you when you're wrong. Just maybe, just maybe, the circumstance that you're in, the low one, is because you did something wrong. And when we read the Word of God, it shows us what we've done, and then it teaches us how to do what's right. It would be a pretty terrible book if it just did nothing but point out how terrible you are, wouldn't it? But he doesn't stop there. He loves us. So, so he teaches us what to do and how to do it right. Aren't you thankful for that, church? So he's saying, remember, son, that, that he's using the word in your circumstance to equip you and to make you holy. So how encouraging is it for us this morning, church, when we learn that whatever circumstance, listen to me, whatever circumstance we're in, whatever season we find ourselves, when life starts lifing, God's not going to waste it. Did you hear that? God's not going to waste it. He's going to use the power of His Word in your circumstance to make you more holy. Why does he do this? We end with it in 17, to equip you for every good work. How encouraging is that? How encouraging is it this morning to know that when we're in our lowest, we can go to the Word of God for power, for strength, for encouragement, for correction. And when we go here, He's not going to waste his word. It's living and it's active and it will change your life. He can use it to equip you to do the good works he has for you. Do you believe that the God of heaven has a good work for you this morning, church? So he's telling his children, read it. Read it. It's my words. And it can help you. It can help you. You might not like some of the stuff that you read. It may hurt a little bit. It's going to show you where you've messed up. But it's going to help you learn to do what's right. And, and if, we, if we rest in His Word, He's going to equip us to live out our faith life. What a blessing. Could you imagine being Timothy in this moment, reading this? reading these words from your spiritual father and ultimately God the Father, encouraging him. Listen, I don't know what you're dealing with. You may be on the peak. That's awesome. Remember who got you there. You, you, you may be in the, the lowest moment and you're in desperate need of help. Think about those that have been so faithful before you. Remember those that taught you Scripture. Remember them. Remember that the Word of God has power and remember that He's not going to waste what you're dealing with. That's encouragement, church. That's encouragement. 
Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it brings. God, I just want to spend a moment praising you for the faithful people you brought into my life. That in every season, wherever I was, wherever my feet took me, you placed someone there to help me. And I'm so thankful. God, I just want to thank you for those in this church that have not only helped me, but have helped countless others in their faith journey. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word, your holy word. Help us to understand this morning that when we open the Bible and we read, it is you that is speaking to us. Help us to understand that. And God, help us to understand that your word is equipping us in whatever circumstance we're in for the good works you have for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his precious and holy name we pray.